Good afternoon, everybody. Uneducated Economist here. In this video, I'm going to be talking about the collateralized loan obligations and how the issues taking place within the collateralized loan obligation markets is going to be causing a wave of defaults coming into the next couple of years. Uh, according to S&P Global Estimates, that there are more than 1 in 25 businesses that will default. I'm going to leave a link down in the description of this video to a Reuters article that talks really well about this uh, situation that is now taking place within this collateralized loan obligation market. Now, if you're not familiar with CLOs, CLOs are a investment of a bunch of loans that have been packaged together. So companies who would typically not even be able to sell a junk bond because their credit rating is so bad can get a loan from a bank. That loan is then sold off to people who will then put it together into a single investment. They will cut it up into tranches, which means that it has different credit rate or investment ratings to it, meaning that as these companies pay back their loans, the very top tranche will get paid first and then following into the rest of the into the rest of the uh, levels of of risk. So the top tranche is very low risk because obviously not everybody's going to be making their payments, but the people who do will make sure that the top tranche gets paid first. Now, the very bottom of the line is what they refer to as the uh, equity investors who receive excess cash flow. This is the very bottom of the tranche, right, which is the highest risk. Now, the situation that has taken place right now is that there haven't been large credit losses yet, but the expectation is that bankruptcy rates will go up. Now, the reason why the bankruptcy rates will go up is because that these these investors who would typically be buying into these collateralized loan obligations are stepping away from the market. They're like, man, that is just too risky stuff and they don't pay enough um, to, to justify the risk that we would take for these things. So the market is basically stepping away from these collateralized loan obligations. They refer to it in quoting as a slow burning or rising distress because what's going to end up happening is, is as these companies start to need to refinance their loans and finding that they're unable to you know, find the loans to, to refinance with because the market for these credit these CLOs have dropped, right? So if the investors are not interested in the collateralized loan obligations themselves, right? The investors are like, hey, that risk is too much and they don't pay enough. Well, then the people who package those things up will be like, I don't need these things because I don't have a market for it. So if there was a demand for these things that I would be buying up these loans from these banks who have issued out these loans to these you know, bad companies essentially, and then be able to package it up and sell it off to investors. But the investors are simply just not there. So the collateralized loan obligation market is like, hey, we're not building new ones of these. And that in turn does not provide a place for these businesses to get funding, right? So if the collateralized loan obligation market is like, hey, we're not there, the investors are like not participating, then there's no place for a lot of these businesses to go to try and get funding to refinance their old debts. And that's the situation that is now taking or starting to take place within this market. Now, it's it's huge. Now, this look at listen to some of these, right? The collateralized loan uh, pools need to refinance $354 billion worth of debt in 2024 and another $813 billion of debt in 2025 and 2026, and that's according to the S&P estimates. So you can imagine that if the interest rates are to stay elevated going into the future, there is over a trillion 
dollars worth of refinancing from these businesses across America who are not going to be able to find refinancing due to the higher interest rates and the demand that is coming from the market saying, hey, we are not happy with the risk that is being provided here. Now, here's the real issue when it comes to these CLOs, because typically the risk would just, you know, would just determine the the interest rate so if the risk goes up the interest rates go up now here's the situation that's going on with these collateralized loan obligations is that the equity investors they're the ones so you got the tranche right you got this like kind of like a pyramid of 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 uh, levels of uh investment right so you have like the top tranche they get paid first they have the lowest interest rates or the lowest you know return on their investment because it's the safest one. As these companies paying back their loans, they're gonna get paid. Moving into the next tranche, you know, the interest rates go up, but the risk starts to go up as well, as they may not get paid if the first tranche doesn't get paid first. So they get paid, then the second tranche gets paid, and then on down the line. Now, the equity investors they, who receive excess cash flow, this is the problem. They had been receiving up to 15% return. Well, now that has dropped down to 7%. And the reason for it is that the top tranche is now demanding more compensation for the risk that is at the top, leaving less cash flow going to the bottom investors. And if those guys are not participating in the market, then the again, the collateralized loan obligation market doesn't have one. So those equity, the, the equity investors who are down there at the bottom tranche, they're looking at 7% when they were getting 15%. And the 7% is due to the fact that the upper tranches are demanding higher returns. It, the market just simply isn't there. They're like, hey, this isn't working for us anymore. So now the businesses don't have places to go to get the money, right? Like typically they could go to a bank and say, hey, can I get a loan? They'd be sure the bank would sell that loan off to to be packaged up in a collateralized loan obligation, well, that's not available to them anymore. And that's the problem that we are going to face going into the into the future over the next couple of years is that these businesses will just simply not have a place to refinance their loans if the, if the interest rates are staying elevated and the risk is elevated and the demand from the market is saying, hey, we have too much, you know, basically we are asking much more for that upper tranche, leaving very little for the lower tranches to make the risk worthy to them, the market just simply just won't be there. And so this is what we can look forward to going into the future. However, when we think about like what happened during the pandemic, a lot of companies got bailed out and they're sitting on cash holdings right now. So they will not need to necessarily refinance going into the future. Now, I'm not talking about all companies out there. I'm just talking, you know, some of the more um, viable companies out there because we really have to think what happened that caused this situation to exist right now, where these collateralized loan obligations have just swelled to an entirely, what is it? It's a $1.5 trillion market. It's absolutely just insane how big it is. And now what happened was, is that during the pandemic and the bailing out of all corners of the financial market, the corporate debt lending facility created a situation in which the demand for junk bonds and the demand for these collateralized loan obligations started going through the roof. Now, this is what's the situation that took place because when the when the pandemic kicked in and these uh, special purpose vehicles were set up, they were set up during a 
unusual in exigent circumstance. Now you have to think, this is a situation in which that would never have existed if it wasn't for the pandemic. So it's not like a typical tool coming from the Federal Reserve or the Treasury. They had to have that unusual and exigent circumstance to be able to set these, these special purpose vehicles up. Now, these special purpose vehicles, they are entity that is separated from the Treasury and the Fed, and they were funded with hundreds of billions of dollars. In fact, if I remember right, it was something like some ungodly amount. It was like $650 billion or something that they funded this thing with. And then they put out this narrative that, hey, we're going to be buying corporate debt. We're going to be buying the fallen angels, right? So all these corporations who all of a sudden couldn't find funding because of the pandemic and lockdown and everything else, the corporate debt lending facility was going to be there to buy this corporate debt. So that scared the hell out of everybody because they said the Federal Reserve was going to be picking the winners and losers. And they did buy some corporate debt, but it was just that narrative alone, that credible threat that got out there that people were believing that the Federal Reserve was going to be buying $650 billion worth of corporate debt, but they bought just a little bit. The markets tried to front run the Federal Reserve by buying into this corporate debt, which drove the yields down and the prices up, right? So now all these corporations were just gorging on cheap debt, right? As the idea that the Federal Reserve was going to be there to buy this stuff up. The markets were participating in that at their own free will, right? Which was not necessarily like based on good information because really the idea behind it was is that the Federal Reserve was going to be buying this corporate debt from them. If they were to buy it first, they could sell it to the Fed for a profit. Now that was kind of like the whole plan. But as this started to take place, the corporations were able to just find all the funding they need. The Federal Reserve pretty much sat back and didn't do anything. They did buy a little bit of corporate debt, but it wasn't nearly that of 650 billion. I think it was just really, it was like, I think 50 billion or something like that. I can't remember the exact number, but it was quite small, not, not very much considering how much they could have purchased. Now that right there, created another situation in which the demand for in a return on investment, right? The yield that an investor will get, that was nowhere to be found, right? So as the Federal Reserve was, you know, putting out this narrative, hey, we're going to be buying corporate debt, it started driving the yields down on corporate debt. And then the capital investors out there, you know, who are looking for a return, the fixed income investors, I should say, couldn't find a decent return within the markets that normally had a higher return, these corporations, right? So they go into junk bonds and realize, man, these junk bonds, the yields on them are just terribly low. So now you got to take on even more risk and they were finding it over in the collateralized loan obligations. So now the collateralized loan obligations during this time had a huge market when they typically wouldn't have a market because of how much risk that is involved with buying these things. You know, obviously the upper tranche is a little better than the lower tranche, but just the fact that the investors were looking for a higher return on that fixed income and finding it in the CLO market, that's created another boom in the market, in that collateralized loan obligation market itself. Now, as the interest rates are elevated, those fixed income investors are finding, you know, the ability to find, like, have a decent return and not take on the risk of going into these collateralized loan obligations or, like, you know, here the higher end on the tranches is asking for this bigger return and the lower end, the equity investors who are receiving 
less of a return on it doesn't make it worthy to them. In fact, what we were saying, it was they were getting 15% return and it has dropped down to seven. So they're like, man, that's just too much risk. And now these corporations who had typically found funding within that market, there's nobody there. There's nobody there. And so when it comes time to refinancing their old debt into new debt, they won't be able to do it without taking on ever increasing amounts of higher interest rate payments. And that will essentially trigger the default that these guys are predicting. So, okay, uneducated economist. I'll leave links down in the description. You let me know.